So I have a question. Why does the church universal, the church worldwide, not the church, you know, this place today, but why does the church universal exist? We see the answer in Romans chapter 15, 5 through 6. May the God of endurance and encouragement... Don't you guys love that? That our God is the God of encouragement. Our God is the God of endurance. May he grant you to live in such harmony with one another, in accord with Christ Jesus, that together you may with one voice glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. The simple answer, the church, the church worldwide universal, it exists to glorify God. And we are meant to link arms, to to walk in harmony, to do it together with Christ at our center and with a beautiful unified voice glorify Jesus Christ. So I want to read the definition of harmony because I think it's pretty cool. Harmony is defined by the Oxford New American Dictionary as the combination of simultaneously sounded musical notes to produce chords and chord progressions having a pleasing effect. The quality of forming a pleasing and consistent whole. And then the third is agreement or concord. We are called to be one in our declaration of how good God is. We are called to be one in, in our exalting of Jesus Christ. See, when the world looks and sees individuals doing it, that's, that's kind of cool. But when the world looks and sees this mass of people in unity, all different, all with different perspectives and backgrounds and experiences, but together lifting up the name of Jesus Christ, it's mighty, it's powerful. That's what we're called to do. The chief purpose of the church is to glorify God. So I have this awesome quote that I saw from a book by A.W. Tozer. If you haven't read The Pursuit of God by A.W. Tozer, I encourage you to get it. But check out this quote. I mentioned what the chief purpose of the church was, right? He says, the chief purpose of man is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. Isn't that awesome? Not, not just to, to glorify God, but to enjoy him forever. I said it when we first came in here during worship. If we will walk in and we'll just lay everything that's weighty and heavy and hard and hurtful, everything that we can't solve, everything that we can't fix, everything that we don't have the wisdom for, if we'll come in and we'll just lay that at the foot of the cross and give it to him and say, Jesus, whatever you have, I'll take it. Lord, whatever you have for me today, I want it. Talk about enjoyment. Talk about enjoying God. Our God is way more generous than we could ever hope to be. Every single one of us. Your chief purpose is to glorify God and to enjoy Him forever. And I think it's an incredible side benefit that we get to do it together. But why does Impact Rock exist? 
Why does this church, why does Impact Rock exist? Did Erie really need another church? Apparently, yes, because God called us here. In 2007, Kara and I were on eldership team at the Rocket Church Ranch in Westminster. And uh, we, we loved being a part of the eldership team. And I was, Pastor Al was kind of his right-hand man. Just whatever needed to be done, I'm like, I'm your guy. I'll do it. And, and I loved that role. Kara was the same way. She served in every way that she knew how. She was just passionate about doing it. And we loved that place. Then in 2007, there was a, a women's uh, retreat and Kara helped facilitate discussion. What's the one thing that if God asked you to do, that it would terrify you? It would scare you. What's the one thing that if God said, do this, it would really shake you and it would really put you out of comfort? So she facilitated that discussion. Then after after that session was over, she was alone with the Lord and she was resting, gearing up for whatever the next session was. And Jesus spoke to her and said, you didn't answer. She's like, what? He goes, you didn't answer. What's the one thing that if I asked you to do, it would shake you. It would rock you. It would be, it would totally take you out of your comfort. She knew the answer, but she, she wouldn't answer him at that moment. So she waited the next time they were in worship in that, at that retreat. She just quietly said to the Lord, she said, Lord, if you asked Mark and I to be the lead couple and not just a, a right-hand man, not just to be a part of the eldership team, but to lead a church, that would be more than, than I'm comfortable with. That could be more than I could bear. And she was just honest, and she cried. It wasn't a happy cry. She's like, it wasn't a happy cry. It was, oh no, he's going to ask us to do that. It's funny, the Lord just started speaking. He started changing our hearts. Well, there was no fear attached to it, but he started calling and said, I want you to plant a church. I want you to plant a church. And Pastor Ellen Judy, one night, they're like, hey, let's, let's do dinner. We haven't done dinner in a while. and We want to hear what the Lord's speaking to you. <laughs> so... We share, we're like, we feel like the Lord's telling us to plant a church. He's like, I know. He said, the Lord's been speaking that to me too. He's like, when do you think he's calling you to do it? I'm like, we feel like it's going to be in two years. And he, he kind of dropped his head. He's like, I was hoping I had you for five. But two, yeah, that, that bears witness with me. And so for the next two years, we were, everything we'd never done ministry-wise, we did. And, and in preparation for planting a church. And we lived in Westminster. We lived off of, I think it was like um, 92nd and Wads, kind of near the Ball Corporation there. And we started asking the Lord, Lord, where do, you, where do you want us? Where do you want this church? So we would go on prayer drives. And uh, we knew we didn't want to be right off the Boulder Corridor. We, we, wanted, we felt like the Lord was saying it's going to be off of I-25. So we would come up and down I-25. And when you were younger, do you remember playing the game Hot and Cold? Like, you know, cold, cold, warmer, warmer, colder, colder, freezing, freezing, your eyes cold. Warmer, 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 hot, scorching. Like, you know, like, remember that? That's what the Holy Spirit did was as we'd be driving up and down I-25. We'd just get off every exit. And in our spirit, we felt colder, colder. We'd, 
we'd keep going. We're like, oh, maybe it's cold or freezing. We'd hang a U-turn, get back on I-25, head north. And we hit every exit, both, both directions. And we weren't familiar with Erie at the time, but this one exit, I believe it was exit 232, when, when we'd get off there and head west, warmer, warmer, and the Holy Spirit would just stir our hearts. And you know that feeling after a long road trip and you're coming back home and you're passing familiar things. Oh, there's the Starbucks I normally go to. Oh, there's Costco. Oh, there's... And you're feeling like you're already home even though you're not home yet. That's the feeling we'd have. When we, anytime we were in Erie, and there's times we didn't even know we'd be in Erie because we'd be on side streets driving around and warmer, warmer, where are we? And we'd, we'd drop a pin and do cross streets and then get home and look it up. God called us here. We didn't choose Erie. God called us here. I had a perfectly good job. I didn't choose to be a pastor. God called me to be a pastor. We said yes to that call. And if I'm being just completely honest, I believe every person that calls Impact Rock home, you said yes to the Lord because it says that he brings orphans to family. You didn't choose this church. You're not, you're not that brilliant. You're not that intuitive. God called you here. So back to my question. Did Erie really need another church? The answer is yes. And he called us here. Before we knew what town it was, we would ask the Lord. We'd say, Lord, um, let us know where you're calling us. But wherever you say to go, we'll go. And we'd been offered a position to be pastors of a church in Yuma. And the Lord said, no, that's not it. Good people, good opportunity, that wasn't it. And we'd pray, Lord, wherever you want us to, to be, that's where we'll go. And then we kind of had like a little sub. Lord, number, no, that's number one. Number two, Lord, we'd love to go to a church where there's not a church on every, or go to a city where there's not a church on every corner. But Lord, if there is, you know, I mean... We'll go. And then number three was, Lord, we'd love to go to a place where it's a good place to raise a family, but Lord, we, we defer number three and number two to you. We will go where you told us to go. It's important that, that you all know God called us here. He had a purpose. Why does Impact Rock exist? Because he still has a purpose for us. He still has a purpose for this unity, for this fellowship, for this group of believers of every age. He has a purpose in us linking arms and lifting a singular message of Jesus Christ and the hope we have in him. So there are three core pillars of Impact Rock Church. Number one, profound love for God. Number two, genuine love for his church. Number three, demonstrative love for his lost. These, these are pillars. Everything we do, every, every leader we have, every ministry we have, everything we do, is out, is this, does this fall into this, these three things that are our pillars? Does Erie need another church 
for people to attend on Sundays. Another option, if you will. No. Does Erie need another church where you can hear a good, relevant message? No. What Erie does need is another church that will loudly proclaim Jesus, who will provide an environment for us to grow in depth for the Lord. There ain't nothing we should be doing half-heartedly for our king. Nothing. When we planted this church, we didn't do anything half-heartedly. We started in our living room in Westminster and we outgrew the living room. We're like, all right, Erie. But you know what? Because we knew God had called us to Erie, so we started in the living room, but we had already pulled our kids out of Westminster schools and put them in Erie schools, and Kara was driving the kids every day to and from Westminster to Erie. Why? Because God called us here. We were all in, and we weren't going to do anything half-hearted. Church, we shouldn't be doing anything half-hearted today for our king. We should be all in. Matthew 22, 34 through 30, we see this. And he said to them, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. There's nothing that we're supposed to be doing half-hearted for God. And there's nothing that should be half-hearted in our expression of hope and faith for others in Jesus Christ. I'm going to go ahead and cook in your kitchen for a little bit. There should be nothing about the half-hearted there should be nothing half-hearted about the relationship you have with your neighbors. Every single one of them, the ones you like, the ones you don't like, the ones you don't know. They're there. There's opportunity for ministry there. There's opportunity to reach them all around us. These first two commandments, love God and love your neighbor. Let's just break it down. Who's your neighbor? Everybody. Everybody. The ones you know and the ones you don't know. Friends, strangers, they're all neighbors. Everybody. And it says we are to love. This is Jesus talking. Do you think Jesus is saying, hey, just have like a fondness. A fondness. Have fondness for God. Have a a really healthy but boundary type of respect for God. I mean, if I was writing it, I'd be like, lose your mind. Lose your mind for Jesus. Go nuts for Jesus. Be redundant for Jesus. Use every superlative that you think you can come up with and none of them will be good enough. They will all fall short. Rave about Jesus to everyone you know. You guys, there's nothing half-hearted to the calling that God has given to this church and he's... He's not done and we're not done. Profound love 
for God. What Erie needs, I'll tell you what, what Erie needs is a church that is just ridiculously in love with Jesus and that grows in depth with him. They're growing, they're hungry, they're committed to not staying in the same place. They're committed to growing. That's what Erie needs. That's what Frederick needs. That's what Firestone needs. That's what Longmont needs. That's what Greeley needs. That's what Colorado Springs needs. That's what Commerce City needs. That's what Westminster needs. You guys, when we grow in our love for the Lord, we're effective. So there's a book that we highly recommend. It's called Soul Care. And Rob Reimer is the author. Um, and, and it's just a fantastic book about getting your soul healed up so that you can walk in the fullness of what God has for you and be used in the fullness of what God has. And we did an entire series last year called Soul Care and Freedom, and we leaned very heavily upon this book. And so if you haven't gotten this book and you haven't read this book, we just strongly encourage it. But it's interesting because Carol was reading it again this week, and she's like, honey, check this out. And she read this to me, and I'm just going to read part of what's written there. There are three essential components that comprise an atmosphere where the maximum life change can occur. You know I'm reading right now. You know I'm quoting right now because like, I would never phrase it like this. Like That's not my vernacular, but it's really beautifully written. These three ingredients cultivate the soil of the soul and create an environment where fruitful life change can result. Number one, anointed teaching. If teaching is based on the truth of God's word, there is an anointing to that truth that is being taught. There is also anointing in the spiritual gifting of the teacher. But if the teacher is lived, if the teaching is lived into by the teacher, then the anointing of the truth and the anointing of the gifting carries greater weight in the heart of the listener. I just want you to know, as church leaders, we strive to cultivate this type of atmosphere in which these three components are accessible. So that was one, anointed teaching. Two is true community. Three is presence and power. Anointed teaching, true community, presence and power. I want you to know that that when we are teaching, we don't we don't teach Yoda. We don't teach Vince Lombardi. We don't teach Aesop's fables. We don't teach Benjamin Franklin. We don't teach Mark Twain. We don't teach good things that will inspire. We teach the truth of the word of God that will change lives. And we are guarded about who we bring in. But here's the great news. We have some incredible relationships. And we bring in people that will point you to Jesus. Dave Powers on the second. It's Super Bowl Sunday. The game doesn't start till later. It doesn't take long to make guac. Okay, your morning is free. And Dave Powers is going to be here. And so, and we just turned him loose. We're like, Dave, you've got the whole service, man. You got the worship, you got the preach. If we never get to the preach, then you, whatever it is, whatever the Lord's doing, you got it. February 2nd is going to be amazing. February 23rd is going to be amazing. Bring in Jody Romero. I, I was thinking about this. I want to send out an email to the church. So if you're not on the church email, make sure, see, see Andy, who's back in the sound booth, um, one of the elders here at Impact Rock. See Andy, um, and we'll get you on there because I want to send out some 
links to some of the messages Jody has preached because I know a lot of people here don't know Jody. Amazing, amazing teacher and pre- preacher. But we, we value that, that anointed teaching. So true community. We'll circle back on this in a minute as well. But life change occurs in an environment of true community. In true community, people can live openly and honestly and vulnerably because there's grace. There's grace. There's an abundance of grace. Grace is applied to every situation, every need, every season. There's no hiding. There's no pretending because we understand that that secrets are toxic to the soul. True community. We nurture that. Presence and power. Presence and power. Let me just name the Holy Spirit right here. Given the Holy Spirit room to move for his presence, to impact us, for his power to change us. When I saw this, it was encouraging. It lifted my heart. I'm like, this this is what we strive to do every single week in everything we do. Our second core pillar is genuine love for his church. Genuine love for his church. You guys, for us to truly have a genuine love that is patient and that, that has endurance and that's not judgy, we got to grow in the Lord. Because a superficial love won't, won't cut it. A love that's content with whatever that place in life. No, I'm good. I've had some good things. I'm good. I'm not rocking the boat. I'm good. I'm good. You guys, if we're, if we're just at that place, that we truly can't have a profound love for God that flows over to everything we do because that, that, that type of love I just described, it's still pretty darn self-focused. It's pretty self-preservationist-minded. And it doesn't quite trust that Jesus is everything that he says he is. Why does Impact Rock exist? We're trying to create a place where that we grow in depth. Grow in depth. We grow in a profound love for God. You realize that's the one thing that he wants the most that he can never bring about? He can never bring it about. The one thing he wants the most, he can never make it happen. And that's for us to fall deeply and richly and profoundly in love with him. He can never make that happen. Because he, he wants us to choose that. So church, I'm, I'm encouraging us to choose to grow in the Lord. To choose to not be happy with where we're at. And to want more of Him. Genuine love for His church. I think as a result of this, that we have true community. As a result of our hunger for the Lord and that we're not content just where we're at, I think that's why we have that true community. But friends, that true community has to go beyond these walls. Otherwise, we're just a pretty cool club. Otherwise, we're just a a pretty loving club. If it doesn't go beyond these walls, it's not what God's called this church to be. Our third core pillar is this, demonstrative 
love for his lost. We have this in our hearts. I know we do. We have this in our hearts. We just haven't grown to this yet. We just, we're not very good at this yet. Demonstrative love for his lost. I will say this. We're good at this once they've come in here. Once they walk in the doors, we're good at this. What percentage of people are going to walk in these doors? What percentage of people that need to hear the good news of Jesus Christ are going to ever walk through these doors? What percentage of people in Erie, and in because I named a lot of towns earlier of where we live. We live in Broomfield, and we live in Lafayette, and we we... We have neighbors all over. We're going to talk about this next week. Next week, we're going to talk about where Impact Rock is going. Where are we going? See, when we talk about why we exist, some people will phrase that as your mission statement for your church. That's your church mission statement, you know, why you exist. And I'm telling you, we exist for the purpose of loving God. And when we, when we get that deeply and profoundly that it allows us to be really genuine and really authentic in our love for one another. And friends, we are at the place where with that type of true community, we absolutely have to be going beyond these walls and demonstrating the love of Christ outside these walls. I'll give you a little bit of a spoiler though of what I'm going to talk about next week. Why, why the church exists? What, what's the church? Is it the cool stained plank walls we have? Is it the, the new paint we have on the floors? Is it the combination of dark gray and light gray and then medium gray that we have all throughout? The, I mean, we're the church. Why does the church exist? Why did God pull us together? Why did God draw us together? Why did God bring a bunch of orphans together and say, your family, your family, I've brought you together. You're going to be stronger together. Why did he do that? I believe, I believe at first is to grow deeper and deeper in love with him. And I think we're really good and getting better and better at that, that profound love for God. And then it's, is to have an authentic, genuine love for one another, for his church, and not just this church. Not just this church. Any way we can help support other churches in our region, we do it. If someone called and said, hey, we're having a huge service and our entire worship team is sick. Mark, I know we have church at the same time as, as you guys, but could you send your worship team? We just have this impacting day and we can't be without a worship team. We need someone just to point us to Jesus. Even if it meant we didn't have a worship team that day, we would send them to take. Absolutely. And I'd probably call Dave Powers. But he's pretty booked. But we'd send them. We'd go strengthen another church. It's not just this church we're supposed to love. We're supposed to show that there's a unity that crosses whatever the name on that Jesus preaching church is. So I was really worked up last night. I was kind of a little agitated, a little fired up. So I, I just got online and started looking at Erie. And I started looking at pictures of Erie. And I 
I wanted to see aerial shots of Erie, and I was just praying over Erie. And I stumbled upon some cool pictures that, that then got me even more fired up. So you realize that if we go out these doors and we go to the intersection right here of County Line Road in Austin, this is Austin Avenue right here, and this is County Line Road. If we go to that corner where our sign is right there, and then if we were diagonal crossers, which no one should be diagonal crossers, by the way, and cross it 90 degrees, it's shorter, but I digress. But if we were to be a diagonal crosser, there's a big empty field there, and then there's another big empty field there, and I want to say there's, I think, 200 and something acres. And here's, here's what Erie is now calling that, town center. They're calling it town center. It's going to be the center of the town. The pictures, show the pictures of those architectural drawings, please. This is Erie Town Center. If we're standing on this corner, that's what's going to be right there. They're talking about putting a roundabout at that intersection so that it funnels people into this area. And for us, it's a three-minute walk. Our town right now has a population of 28,000 people. This is just Erie. It's not even other areas. 28,000 people. Our church is 10 years old. So 10 years from now, in 2030, the town is estimated that there's going to be 60,000 people in our town. Residents. From 28,000 to 60,000 in the next 10 years. They're expecting 700 building permits in, in 2020. Talk about God's intentionality. He placed us here. He gave us this building. He gave us this spot. We have a landlord that even though our lease isn't, doesn't have to be renewed until November, he's like, would you please sign it now? We, I just want to make sure you guys aren't going anywhere. I just want to make sure that you'll stay here. Would you sign it now? Who's given us way below market value for this place? Way below. And he's like, I, I don't want to make money as, as a landlord. I just want you all to stay here. God placed us here. And he's going to be, he's moving people in. But we are foolish if we're waiting for them to come through these doors. And not going out there and telling them how good Jesus is. And not showing them how good Jesus is. There's a dude in my fantasy football league that Hawk and I, that we met playing golf. We had a golf tournament. Our fourth moved to Florida. And so Hawk's like, we need a fourth. And so someone just assigned this guy to our to our foursome during this yearly tournament. And for three and a half years, I've known this guy, and the, the opportunity's never been there to talk about Jesus, but he knows my life. I talk about Jesus. And this week I heard from him. Can we meet? Can we meet? I, I'm just having some difficulties. Can you do lunch? I'm like, Absolutely. We're called to be neighbors, and sometimes that opportunity will be instant. Sometimes that opportunity will be three and a half years later. But we have to show the faithfulness and the consistency of being profound lovers of Jesus so that people know that when they're in a place of need, that they know who to run to. And you know what's awesome? I told them, I said, I got good news, bad news. Good news, bad news. So bad news is I, I, I can't help you at all. Bad news is I just, I, I have, in and of myself, I just, I'm not that smart. I said, here's the great news. 
I am so tight with the person who has all the answers. I am so close with the person that, that can heal every one of those hurts you named. And he's going to tell us exactly what he wants to do. And, and if you have the strength to follow what he says to do, he's going to heal you. He's going to restore And I'm just going to pass on everything he tells me. Everything that his word tells me, I'm just going to pass it all on and leave my take out of it. But I got nothing outside of Jesus. Are you good with that? Can we stand? I'm done. I'm I'm kind of done-ish. I'm still fired up, man. God has called you to this church that he has called you to link arms and to in harmony and in unity proclaim God is good, God is faithful God is bigger I love Jesus so much why does this church exist? to glorify Jesus, and I'm telling you, with that linking of arms and that proclamation of who He is, and being fearless even when we're scared, and we can be used in amazing ways. God has amazing things for us. I know some things are cliche, but it doesn't mean they're not true. Okay, so I'm just telling you the whole 2020 thing and 2020 vision. Man, I've got clear vision. I have been on my knees seeking the Lord, and I've got clear vision. God wants to use this church. I know we're we're, we're small right now. I get it. God wants to use this church in way bigger ways. I want to challenge you. I hope this makes you incredibly uncomfortable. Go beyond your comfort level and declare how good Jesus is. Go beyond what you're comfortable with and tell people, I don't have the answers. I'm not an expert. I just know Jesus. And I'm going to point you to him. God wants to use you. God wants to use me. God wants to use us. We are Impact Rock Church. And we didn't choose this building and we didn't choose this town and you didn't choose your pastor and I didn't choose y'all. God did it all. He's up to some awesome mischief. Like good mischief, like godly stuff that we even, we just think we know what he's doing. But we don't know yet. We don't know the lives are going to be changed because Robert was bold enough to say, I love Jesus. I know I'm not perfect, man, but I got to tell you, my love for him is perfect.